Hi, and welcome to another episode of Mind the Health Gap. This week, we're going to have commentary on last week's episode on vaccines and the anti-vaccination movement. Beauty is going to outline the rest of what today's episode is going to entail. All right, thank you, ma'am. And yes, guys, welcome back. We better than ever. Um, yeah, so <laughs> as Mohammed said, I'm going to outline this podcast. And because there's so much to cover based on what was said yesterday, we've kind of split it into two parts. So the first part is going to be led by Mohammed, where he's literally going to um, ask our guest today. We've got a guest today. We've got a guest today. Wait, we're going to introduce her. Let me just finish the outline. Um, He's going to ask our guest today, like, a general, her general thoughts on last week and around the theme of vaccination, the vaccine debate, the anti-vax movement. And then I'm going to come in in the second part and I'm just going to ask her questions from that you guys have sent in and just just around the general topic and things that I've seen this week, Mohammed might have seen this week and we'll take it from there. It'll be much shorter this week, we promise. <laughs> so yeah, Mohammed, do you want to introduce our guest? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, our guest, um, she went to our uni for our undergrad mm-hmm. and also is doing a master's in public health at yes, Imperial. Yes. So she's very woke. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. Welcome, Yasmin. Woo. <laughs> I mean, I'm only woke because I'm sleep deprived, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Okay. You got the jokes. Okay. Uh, Mohammed, do you want to start? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, before we begin, well, I'm, I'm going to outline um, last episode's main arguments put forward by Ibrahim, our mm-hmm. guest from last week. Yeah. And so it comes under three umbrellas. So the first argument that he put forward was that the anti-vaccination movement is is an aggressive approach that is needed to regulate big pharma mm-hmm. so that was one argument mm-hmm. the, al- the other argument was that the premise that the anti-vaccination movement precedes the andrew wakefield um issue that happened in the early 90s and late 90s yeah. and the final issue that he brought up was the distrust uh, generated by big pharma mm-hmm. um warrants the public's reaction to vaccines yeah okay gotcha go on and the final point i want to make is um um we're gonna also look at the health risks of the information put forward by the anti-vaccination movement Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put it forward to yasmin and see what she thinks ready for that yasmin they look so perplexed i feel like i am (laughs) (laughs) all right cool and yeah just before we start i just want to ask you what your um what is your general response to last week's um episode um, well, I, I agree with pretty much every point he's made. Um, it was more of an education for me, to be honest. Um, he's Yeah, he touched on a lot of things that I hadn't even considered, mm. uh, especially when it comes to essentially, um, yeah, as you said, how um, the anti-vaxxer movement actually does kind of put, yeah, the, the I say the farm industry, but also government as well, mm. and how it regulates, well, or like how it, yeah, how it kind of re- in rela- uh, regulates in a sort of more relaxed way. Uh, the farm industry um, and it feels like I completely understand what he's saying in terms of how what I feel like to me reading the news that how I'm trying to phrase it right um, the extent to which um, farm industries you know they the way they market their drugs uh, and who they market it to To, can kind of divert completely away from uh, you know, essentially the target population yeah. for a drug, for even a vaccine as well. Mm. So I definitely, I completely agree with him. I think that no, nothing exists sort of in compartments. They, yes, there can be an active vaccine movement, um, which, you know, obviously has a lot of negative implications yeah. for 
um, you know, pe- for people's um, kind of perceptions about uh, vaccinating their children, mm. which can be, you know, well-meaning. I, they're still anti-vaxxers to me, but, you yeah. know, it, it, I understand where it comes from anyway. Um, but at the same time, you can also have uh, this, you know, completely unregulated industry that essentially just is allowed to do what it wants yeah. with regards to how it markets uh, its drugs, uh, who ends up taking it, and government isn't really essentially uh, kind of putting them to task. Yeah, I th- definitely agree. Um, you know, I, I, I think for me it was more, yeah, it was definitely more of an education. I think I what I saw from the news, what I see online, it feels like it's just... Uh, what I see is just like the extremes of it, you know, the yeah. tweets, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like one side people saying, you know, anti-vaxxers just want to give everyone polio. And then on the other side, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, what do you think? Um, no, we definitely agree with you. I think what we really touched on last week with Mohamed is there, there are two like spheres where none is literally listening to each other. It's literally like 100%. who is the loudest and who is the... The rightest, that's not even a word, but you know what oh, I mean? Wow. <laughs> I fought the English, it's fine. Um, it listens well, I it's, <laughs> yeah. okay. it's okay, it's okay. Um, but it's been a long day, guys. But <laughs> yeah, that that's essentially what you've touched on. It's very extreme. No one's actually trying to listen to each other and come to a middle point where it's like, okay, this is the concerns you have about vaccinations. This is how we can make it better. Or these are good things about vaccinations and this is why they're beneficial. That's why you should get them. So I totally understand what you're saying. Also, I think science communication, as you said as well, has been a huge letdown. There's no like sort of proactive nature to how people get that information about vaccines. It's very much uh, the same way that I'm able to Google, you know, symptoms or you know information about certain medications uh, on, let's say, the NHS websites or even you know independent um, what's it called um, uh, websites that give you information about uh you know common drugs that you t- may take any vaccines you may need for whatever reason or for your children as well the same way that i'm able to google very like reputable sources i'm a- also able to access you know anti-vaxxer blogs and just essentially just a lot of even like more uh you know money-backed uh, organizations that propel that kind of information mm. it's very like there's very l- much like a a passive sort of uh, stance that i feel like uh researchers institutions have taken on just things that are cle- like clearly, clearly researchers, clearly uh, research institutions have a job, and the government has a job as well yeah. to um, kind of proactively put out information, which essentially like dispels the myths. Yeah. But they don't want to do that, and I, I don't, I don't understand why. It's, it's weird to me that I can access c- the completely wrong information in the same place that I can get, um, you know, essentially the facts, you know, from, from the NHS, from whoever. Mm. No, and the I think that's part of the problem. The internet is just one like sort of even meet like platform there's no like okay this one is the one that makes sense this one isn't it's just what do i want to google no in the second part we've all touched on that point that you've made like there there is something that i read on the news that very much kind of looks at the way in which they want to governments want to dispel myths but i'm not sure i quite agree with it myself but we'll touch on that mohammed yeah just to um just to add ibrahim as you you, um listened from last week he said that um, the anti-vaccination movement is one way of actually regulating mm. big pharma. Yeah. To what extent do you agree with that? Because, like, like I said again, there are in external, like, regulating bodies that already work with these um, big pharma industry with the big pharma industry in the first place. So why do you need uh, guys with non-scientific information? Uh, propagating their own 
claims that have no scientific basis? Um, well, I think you need it for the same reason that, um, well, pharmaceutical marketing basically has no regulator. There's, <clears throat> I think there's no, I think because there's no sort of reputable source, you know, on the other side saying, okay, yes, you know, you may need this, uh, this vaccine or your child may need this vaccine for X reasons, but there may be, you know, uh, you know, potential, I don't know, not, not even necessarily even side effects, but uh, your child may not need it for X, for, for, you know, for Y reason. It's not necessarily, I think people, the way that people see it is like you only have two voices. You have pharmaceutical uh, companies basically uh, kind of pushing forward whatever essentially drugs they put on, uh, put on the market, and that does include um, uh, vaccines and obviously the new sort of uh, drugs they put out to essentially replace existing vaccines. Um, there's no yeah so there's no pushback on that side but then on the other side you have you need essentially a voice that basically says no wait hey listen there's uh you know you shouldn't be so quick to essentially accept um you know their their products because that's they are their products they're not com they're not you know they're not they're not actually they're not a part of the government they're not public uh sort of bodies they are commercial companies so i think definitely they a voice is needed i'm not sure it's the anti-vaccine movement but at the same time, considering there is no one else essentially saying, you know, hold up, wait, listen, I don't think we should just be mm. getting spoon fed um, sort of, yeah, pharmaceutical products from companies that just want to make money from us. I definitely agree with that. Uh, just another another question I just want to get out there. Uh, what is the best approach to the anti-vaccination movement then? If um, So what would you propose to um, the information? Again, I'm not, I, I don't have, uh, I wouldn't say I have the right answer, but I feel like um, public engagement is lacking. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why, you know, year on year on year, there's a new, uh, there's, you know, how many new uh, volumes in The Lancet or in, you know, Elsevier, whoever, Nature even has its own editorial section, but there's no actual, like, communication with the public. So if, unless it's through newspapers or... Yeah, or it's through yeah, it's through, it's through newspapers, yeah, or any other form of news medium, which does include people just writing online. Yeah. There's no official, there's no yeah, there's no real um, engagement with the public unless it's like me wanting to Google that information and again getting a flurry of other information as well, which could easily be, um, how do you say, yeah, just basically illegitimate. So would you say accessibility to this type of knowledge is needed? Yes, I think definitely, but I think it has to be proactive. It can't just be, um, you know, a few leaflets in the post. Mm. Although, I'm, again, that's not even being done. Like, I feel like it's 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 like I think it's only now that we're even talking about how to dispel these myths. You know, from from even you hear it from starting to hear it more from health professionals talking about how you know vaccination rates are dropping. But there's no again, there's no proactive solution. I think public engagement is something that I feel like research institutions, universities, like everybody talks about. But doesn't actually do. Um, I don't understand why it's with, when a, you know when a, a, when published research comes out. This is, this applies to other things as well. Yeah. Um, it's you know there's a speech, there's there's information is disseminated to other researchers, but it's not given to the public. Exactly, I definitely agree with that because with information like this, you have to consider the point of contact where people get the information from. So from friends, family, from social media. So in order to dis dismiss these myths and um, claims. Uh, you have to intervene in those groups of social networks. Yeah. Definitely. Basically, the NHS needs to make uh, a Reddit account um, <laughs> and just comment under every thread. 
about how it's true. Like why? No, and I, I stand behind this. Like social media is a place for information, <laughs> but it seems like right now, at least with va- like where like um, the vaccine, the anti-vaccine movement is concerned, like it's just a place for bad information. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely one hundred percent. Like all jokes aside, like. We, especially like research institutions they need to be online they need to be doing a much better public engagement okay uh, yeah definitely i agree with that but then there's another side to this um a lot of um people say that go sorry go as far as the other extreme and say we should ban these people from social media from online mm. how would you react to these draconian <laughs> views but again i think it's not that I'm saying like let them you know continue like that kind of information like let it run rampant online, but I feel like that can't be the first you know first step because yeah. then all it reads is like okay cool you know here's you know Big Brother you know censoring <laughs> Big us brothers watching yeah no hundred percent not letting our kids get polio, um, but at the same time like all jokes aside like, I feel like basically what I feel like researchers um you know public officials i think public health england like any any form of institution that has any relation to health has a stake in this and they need to stop they need to get out of the conferences they need to get into schools they need to get into well even workplaces they need to not be safe they need to be a place for information 100 <laughs> percent. there needs to be there needs to be like a lot there needs to be much better forums for public engagement yeah. it must it needs to be easier for people to access the right information because mm. right now it's just the it's the, yeah it's just the wrong information it's mm. just not even just the wrong information but i shouldn't be able to act like it shouldn't be easier for me to access commentary about things that there's no it's not subjective there's a right and there's a wrong okay it shouldn't be easy for me to easier for me to access commentary online about vaccinations than it is for me to you know access the right information from a health professional okay um yeah yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, so, do you think it's fairly uh, it's fair to solely put blame on the anti-vaccinists uh, for the fall in those getting vaccinations? Then overall, or do you blame, like you said, because the government and say all these institutions, the private healthcare as yeah. well as uh, public healthcare, do they also have a stake in these issues? Yeah. Uh one hundred percent. I don't. I definitely don't think. I think um, the people with the information I have a, a, have responsibility, and therefore they need to take some of the blame. Um, it, things like this happen just in general. Like it's not the first time that people have had you know uh, you know harbored myths about you know certain health facts. Um, it's just, it's not like it's not a new thing. It's just the fact that it's mostly happening online and it's like propelled in this way. I think that's what's new and is making us panic now. Mm. And also, again, too late. Um, this has been happening for a long time. Um, but I definitely do think they have a stake in this in the sense that it's not just about putting blame. It's about saying, okay, listen, here is where you could have done something. Yeah. And here is where now you need to step in. So I think it's about, and it's not even just in a, a blame way. It's about actually saying, okay, we now need to empower like researchers. We now need to empower public officials, mm. um, people who essentially who deal with this every day. You know, the same uh you know gp who's dealing with you know parents saying listen these vaccines you're trying to sign up my kids for listen it's going to kill them all like you need to they need to like they need to get out of the gp surgery they yeah. need, like every health official um universities they all have a stake in this and they therefore need to essentially get out of their this needs to stop being so insular you know mm. that's what i think mm. um i definitely agree with that as well um just to add as well um if we were to think of an approach to deal with this so you'd have to also think about culturally sensitive 
information. Yeah. So how would you go about dealing at a community level? Uh, um, because at the same time, you need funding. And like many health officials say that doctors already have enough issues dealing with their own um, issues in terms of um, they're basically underfunded uh, and the health systems are at, at all time pressure. Yeah. So incorporating like outreach or anything that um, is going to look at culturally um, the issue from a cultural aspect would how would you how would you do that? It seems impossible to some. Yeah, and also I just wanted to add to that. Sorry, I haven't spoken for a while. Um, uh, <laughs> how would you, as well as like everything Mohammed say, how would you then empower people where you're shifting agency then? So it's not just a case of, okay, doctor's telling me this, but doctor's telling me this and giving me the choice to make an informed decision. Like how, how would you do that? This is a very big question, but how, how do you think we can start thinking about this? Um, well, I think, um, first of all, let me just say, like, it, the problem isn't that the, that the okay, this, this is going to sound bad, I don't know if I'm phrasing it right. The problem isn't that the that people are saying, I don't want to vaccinate my children, yeah. uh, essentially, like, necessarily. Ultimately, all you can ever do is inform. You can't tell people you have to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the, you have to just be, you have to be able to be certain that you've given the right information. Okay. And that this person's making an informed decision not just i you know i you know i have agency and i'm saying no. yeah you can't have full agency if you don't have all the information that's true so i think definitely that's first that's, that's that's number one but i think in terms of being culturally sensitive i think the same way um again this is <laughs> i'm not i'm promise i'm not joking but the same way andrew wakefield is going into you know cultural talks and community events and spreading misinformation um not that he's like the cause of all of this but <laughs> you know these men were here before but anyway um <laughs> the same way that like the wrong information can seep into like in seep into communities i think uh, health professionals need to now enter the community as well yeah. i think this i mean not to go off topic but these projects already exist there are like like for example projects on mental health yeah. that do partner with uh for example community leaders community of um community groups um to not just off offer public information but also at the same time offer forums to give to get information from the public as well that is that you can be sure is culturally sensitive so i think what it is is not coming to people with, with solutions being like yeah. hey listen we know what your problem is okay this is what we have for you a b and c yeah. okay and you have to take it <laughs> take it yeah <laughs> um because obviously that that in itself is it's not a solution it's mm. again it's just extending the problem yeah um so definitely i think what it is is coming to uh communities with information i think okay. in ways that that are in ways that are convenient, um, convenient and helpful. I don't. I don't think uh, simple leaflets through the post is gonna is gonna do this one. All right. Well, that's a very coherent answer. Thank you, uh, Mohammed. Are you done? Uh, yes, certainly. Okay. Cool. So my part now, guys. Um. So as I said before, like Mohammed's kind of like gone over our ideas from last week and like kind of got Yasmin to touch on like the most important bits. And I'm just gonna ask you questions that people have sent in. Or that, that I just found interesting, uh, and I want to okay. pick your brain. So the first one we got was, how can the tr transparency of vaccine research funded by pharmaceutical companies be increased? Transparency, oof. Um, she I said oof. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, I don't know how... Uh, transparency is a bit of a difficult one when it comes to uh, pharmaceutical industry, because ultimately, how can you... It's hard to, it's hard, it's a lot harder to do to kind of force a commercial industry yeah. to give more information yeah. about their research they 
they keep a lot of that information to themselves. Yeah. And then when yeah. it comes out, they pattern it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so transparency is not their thing. Yeah. Um, I think definitely one thing is, um, I think part of, again, part of the problem is, uh, part of the problem is leaving all of that sort of responsibility to commercial com- um, okay. a farming industry anyway, okay. in the first place. Yeah. Again, not to go off topic, but ultimately if they're able to decide what drugs they even want to research in the yeah. first place, you can't then now tell them, hey, listen, um, <laughs> can you just show us everything you've done? Yeah, you know I mean, can I just check your notes? <laughs> can I just, it's yeah, not going to yeah, work. Yeah. Um, I th- so that's why I think it's, I think, not necessarily in terms of how like the research is done, yeah. but in terms of I think when it when when it comes to uh, published work, when it comes to uh, pharmaceutical marketing, I think that's the part that needs to be transparent. Yeah. I don't think necessarily. I don't believe that they are. Okay, I'm gonna keep my opinions to myself. But no, go I don't on. Believe no, no, in no, share them. We want to hear them. <laughs> I don't believe the pharmaceutical industry is uh, inherently evil, but the history speaks for itself. Okay, uh, but moving Team. on. Moving <laughs> absolutely on. Um, put you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, I lie often. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, um, but at the same time, I think even though I don't believe that they're inherently evil the w- in the way that like I see some of the comments online about vaccines are, are said, yeah, I don't yeah. believe in, in, in that sense anyway. But at the same time, um, I do think that the way that uh, drugs are marketed, yeah. um, and this, again, inc- this is not just vaccines, this is pretty much the the entire pharmaceutical market, uh, marketing sort of how it's evolved, especially over the last 10 years as well. It's mm. definitely something that is, again, it's information that's only given to professionals. Conferences are not public invite yeah. you see it on event right and it's 600 quid <laughs> why yeah why yeah. i want to go i want to i want to hear this but you can't yeah but um no anyway yeah so it's transparency is not just about you know them lying or you know uh, or, or being truthful it's also about who you're giving the information to mm-hmm. the per, that information is purposely not again not given to the public pharmaceutical marketing is give is targeted to doctors to uh, health professionals to uh you know um government bodies members of the government mm. so it's for people the people who are essentially then going to do the work and say okay listen uh, this new vaccine's out okay cool your kids have to get it but, so there's, but there's no uh, in that process any point where yeah. again the public is involved yeah. so that's tr- that's essentially what needs to be transparent okay. I think again we need public forums I hear for that okay but also don't you think that so you said that they're targeted to like doctors, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone but the public. Health? Yeah, everyone but the public. Unless it's like patient groups. Um, yeah, who, again, okay. want okay, the, yeah. they want. But the don't drugs. you think these people, like health professionals, patient groups, they also have a responsibility to interrogate that and be like, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah, th- again, they do. But then given that they haven't, only thing that you can do that is, a, I feel like at this point, there's going to be a tangible like step forward. Yeah. Again, is making that information widely available. Okay. 100%. Nice. That's Mohammed. Do you have anything to add? Um, I agree with <laughs> the, the second part that you said. That, yeah, transparency is key, and also just efficacy. So what they are, what they're doing. So the research that they're doing actually matches the vaccines that they release, and um, they do it to benefit individuals rather than themselves. Okay. Um, okay. So the second question was. Someone said, I'm curious about the study on MMR, on the MMR vaccine and how it got its re- recognition. Where did the claim actually come from? Yasmin, are you aware of this? Wait. The MMR vaccine that Andrew Wakefield. So oh, basically, okay, where see, did yeah. this claim that, the claim of it's linked to autism, where did it come from? Uh, I don't, I mean, again, I'm not going to be, I don't know the ins and outs of the study, yeah. but I do know, uh, again, from what I've read, that it was more... 
it was more about who he sampled essentially yeah, he literally, was yeah. Approached by and yeah and the way in which he collected his results again, yeah. In, yeah. extremely biased <laughs> it's like the textbook definition of sampling bias literally as you in, can't just go out and sample who you want he made a hypothesis for for the person who asked this he made a hypothesis he proved this hypothesis by only sampling the people who fitted this yeah, hypothesis exactly. and then he published the results and it was like yeah um emma marcos is autism so that's literally where the came the claim the came <laughs> the claim came from and uh, then it was further propagated by the media so yeah the media latched onto that idea 100 and then um th- that's another way of uh, propelling the the, the myths yeah exactly. can i also just say that um public health journals like the lancet who actually published this they have a huge responsibility because you know that that type of information is go- although they've re- like taken it down now they withdrew it they withdrew it that's but it. Took they time. took no responsibility yeah. in essentially dispelling the myths that they propagated but they on were, their website there you go the so there's, there's a tea for you guys and that's how <laughs> the claim came about um the third question i got was from another young woman she said England lost its measles-free status, but the government have proposed that we should retain it by 2020. Do you think they can make this a reality? That was the A part to it. And the B part to it was, what do you think the main reason is for us losing it in the first place? Um, again, I don't... Okay, with the first one, I would definitely say... Uh, I don't know. Um, disclaimer, I'm a pessimist. Um, <laughs> I, I don't believe we'll get it back um, in the space of, what, half a year? Yeah. Like, it's less than half a year. Yeah. It's not possible. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, it's not necessarily about... I think there, is, there, is a need, there isn't, like, a need to... Kind of, I know why they put that information out. I get it. Yeah. It's obviously being like, okay, calm down, guys. Don't panic, don't panic. You know, to the people who obviously are like... We're going to get measles. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's more about taking responsibility for why it happened in the first yeah. place. It didn't happen overnight. It's not going to get fixed overnight. Yeah. So... Why did um, you think it happened? You didn't answer that part. Oh, okay, listen. I'll, I'll come I'm to so it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 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 um, again, I don't... Um, I mean, obviously, I remember uh, a lot of the points that Ibrahim made yeah. um, in the last episode. Yeah. Um, it isn't the entire... Like, the whole reason. But at the same time, again, if if the majority of information we get before we go to the GP surgery, before we go to A&E, yeah. is online, then, the pro- again, part of... Uh, you know, a big part of the problem is the fact that the myths exist on the exact same platform and with the exact same amount of uh, sort of how do you say weight mm. um, as you know the information that essentially is but is still readily available yeah. but again if you already fear you know if somebody's telling you you know again like at the school gate <laughs> your kid's gonna get, <laughs> get it you know what I mean your <laughs> kid's gonna get it mm. um, then obviously that's essentially that informs how you find information online mm. so I think definitely the online anti-vaxxer movement I mean then again it's existed outside of the internet for a long time as well. Yeah. I know from personal experience, I used to hear the the wickedest stories in the about, playground, about, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, from like uh, from like family friends who'd be like, "No, no, don't give your kid this." Oh like, my oh. god! I know. Thank God my parents were informed. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I you? might not be here now. <laughs> <laughs> Mohammed, do you have anything to add to that? Um, just that. Um, what do you think of the parents' role in and actually um, the kids that don't get these essential vaccines? Do you think it's a health security? issue yeah is it biological welfare yeah oh wait what do you mean as in uh the role of the parents yeah in terms of parents that are against the idea because uh in the uk it's not compulsory for your kids to get vaccinations yeah. but doctors and health professionals want uh the parents best interest yeah sorry before you answer that i just want to add to that so in the states it's pretty much the same like some states in 
some states in the United States, lol, they have they don't have um they have compulsory laws as in like you have to get them but others don't and like you said the nhs really do need to get rid of it because this is where stuff like this gets propagated so yeah, I'm if you look at the, sorry to interrupt if yeah, you look at the bigger context could that lead to a health security issue because what if your child or your child is at risk of uh, a certain disease because someone else's child has, has told them, has told them not yeah to. so like just before i like you answer both our questions lol essentially so on reddit you have maybe like 14 15 16 year olds who want to get vaccinated but because in those states you need parental consent to get vaccinated and these are children of anti-vaxxers what what do you do like in that scenario number one and also how does it contribute then to the security of a country or like a, a, a region or a state, as Mohammed has rightly asked you. Ooh. And um, another, sorry. No, <laughs> wait, no, let her answer this. Right. We, want a, we want a let, big answer. Let, let, let her answer this. No, but questions. you can follow up to me, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got so much in my head. <laughs> um, I would say um, with the, the teenagers who um, are getting blocked by their parents, just get emancipated. But no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, like I think the the problem I think I think the problem isn't that it's that we allow as in it's voluntary. I don't think that the law is essentially the problem because again, it needs to always be a situation where you're giving people the right information and again making sure that they have that information yeah, yeah. and then letting them make a decision, even if it is, um, you know, a decision they're making on behalf of their child. But I think if that's the situation, they need to be the age. They need no. to reduce the age. But anyway, because I'm not you can't be getting in my way. Like, help me, man. What is this? Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think the law is the problem, the fact that we don't make it compulsory. Uh, I think the problem is that we've allowed it to get to this point where information, again, is running rampant, you know, in you know in public, in person, uh, within communities. Um, that The problem is that we've now gotten to this point and we're now making this, like, sort of false decision where it's like, oh, now should we now make it compulsory? Mm. No, you have to give people the, inf- the right information. Yeah. It might take a while. It definitely will take a yeah. while, 100%. But yeah, the problem was never that it was compulsory. The problem is that we allow people to make their own decision, but then we're also allowing them to make mis like uh, uninformed decisions, which aren't fully yeah. So un- yeah, uninformed decisions yeah. where they, they don't have the right knowledge, um, but they're essentially letting their fear drive them, which isn't being addressed. You had yeah. a follow up question. Go on. My question was <laughs> silence. My yeah. Uh, my question was. Um, what if there was a health issue, health security issue, and the concept of bioterrorism comes in? Yeah. The idea that vaccines or the lack of vaccines could be used as some sort of warfare. Yeah. What would, how would you deal with an- the anti-vaccination movement? Um, that's a big question, bro. <laughs> I mean. If we're talking right now, where that problem doesn't exist, but again, it is a, essentially a, yeah, a, a possible future, yeah. future threat. Yeah. Um, again, I think we're basically the government needs to get on it, <laughs> like start giving people the right information. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, again, going going. Would you change your stance on uh, on the law? On yeah, on tra- I think I would, on yeah. actually like censoring anti-vaccine anti-vaccinists. Oh yeah, um, I'm. You know what? 
I believe in some ways, like censoring information online isn't even like being like, oh no, you know, Big Brother's telling you you can't talk. Yeah. It's no, I'm no no platforming you because you're an idiot. Yeah. Um. So I think that again, I think no, no. When I said the NHS needs to get on Reddit, I mean as a moderator, like they need to delete comments. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um no, I'm kidding. Um. No, I I still don't think it should be uh, compulsory because again, it's like you're fighting you're fighting the movement with the wrong approach yeah. because people again would just feel like they, they, they don't have a choice and they will probably use other methods and ways of uh, essentially avoiding getting, um, getting their kids yeah. vaccinated yeah. I don't think it will actually mean that people are now going to just be like, accept that it's the law and we now have to you know um, uh, take our kids to the GP um, but I do think I do think that's something that I don't think compuls- uh, making the lo- making it compulsory is a problem. I think it's a problem to address this. Mm. I think as a, as a solution to this anyway. The solution is just please, please, like stop talking amongst yourselves yeah. and give people that information. Also, That's very much it. Yeah, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. Um, also, I just want to say, like, I think we also have these conversations in a very like um, isolated way, as if to say, like, 100%. every single child or parent has like the same standard like of living etc because what about what about kids like of undocumented parents do you think they're going to come forward and be like i'm undocumented but i want my child to be vaccinated you you know like not even that but i think even more like more of a like uh the one i one i know essentially from personal experience is if a certain like people i know growing up like a lot of like their parents or like family friends aunties like had a just an inherent like mistrust of health professionals, not based on again myths online because yeah. they're not even online. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. my mom got on the internet like three years ago, okay, <laughs> but she was getting misinformation from from people around her no, since the beginning, since that. she arrived here. Yeah. Um, but it was usually based on a mistrust of you know health pres- professionals based on their own experiences yeah. from people you know not listening to them when they mm. tell them I have a problem yeah. and going back to the GP you know five six times going to the A and E and them getting sent back. So I think that's part of the problem as well. Um, but again, this is something that again needs to be addressed. Uh, I think that's a wider issue mm. that I don't know if the the health, the right people, health professionals, are, are yet equipped to do. Cultural competence is only now entering the how do you say yeah, yeah. academic space discourse yeah yeah public discourse and that um, is key yes but you know I think yeah it's not just. It's not just like crazy mistrust. It's sometimes it's actually based it's on legitimate. people's legitimate yeah, experiences. If you look at medical history, a hundred percent. No, um, and obviously we're not like I'm not forgetting the people who actually can't get their kids vaccinated. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Okay, my last question to you guys. The last question. Last questions, are yeah. we are we in agreement? It's the last Definitely. one. Okay, good. Um, so this very much touches like what you said earlier on in the beginning. Uh, about like playground politics things getting propagated via different channels and it's just an article that actually popped up on my phone today and this is why I sp- okay side note this is why I think our phones listen to us because how did they know I was thinking about anyways Seriously, about back to the yo <laughs> they actually listen to us you need to, to get us. back on the Nokia brick phone I really do because <laughs> this, this ain't it but anyway so um, in the article this was on the Guardian I'll link it um, on Twitter page. if you guys want to read this yeah, we'll so the chief, exec- the chief executive of NHS England, Simon Stevens, has said, as health professionals, so all health professionals need to have a zero tolerance approach to misinformation on vaccinations, but also on the dangers of vaccines. So he's basically saying that, yes, we should know about essentially what's being propagated by anti-vaxxers, but also we should be so well equipped on the dangers of vaccines that when people ask, we're able to answer them really well, which I agree with. And then he said... 
he said this this makes parents who are concerned uh, about vaccines wait hang on no he said parents who are concerned about vaccines and their impact liable to fake news um and then he says he goes on to say in this way school gates themselves can be a breeding ground for harmful myths to catch on as you said spread and ultimately infect parents judgment i find can i just make a note that i find it interesting that he was writing this in the daily mail <laughs> but anyways and then it says this is the part where i want your input on because i'm not quite sure i agree with the way in which he wants to combat anti-vaxxers so he says stevens backed effort efforts by internet companies to prioritize information about the safety of vaccines and their usefulness and to censor information about oh. alleged risks so, so for those who didn't, hang on for those who didn't catch that he's basically saying that what we should be doing on the internet is yes put out all the information on vaccinations but not to tell people if there's any risks thoughts oh this again this is why what i said about people's legitimate concerns if they're based on previous mistrust of health professionals and not even that unaddressed mistrust mm -hmm. um of health professionals it's it's not that the, the, there's no solution to that it's, it's not going to change and at the same time in my opinion it's reasonable i feel like if you have mistrust of anyone for legitimate reason yeah. it's not getting like that situation is not getting addressed until you address the previous one yeah. and also at the same time be honest like a lot of things have side effects it's like when you have um like if you're getting even an elective surgery they you have to sign a form that says i'm okay with the the risks <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean if they just didn't give me that form i'm like i'm not getting the and surgery then something happened yeah right? no exactly. exactly and they're like i'm really sorry i said we we know this we yeah. know that there are complications <laughs> but you don't but you didn't let it know unless it <laughs> happens know. you yeah. know watch your business so yeah now you know um but i think you know, I, I think not telling people the risk is oh, it's, like, it's it's literally it's like you're just you're, again you're extending the problem. It's propaganda it, for the anti vaxxers Yeah, yeah, it's fu fueling oh, the fire because that's what they've been saying from the beginning. They're not honest with us, you know, pharma because it's always usually they, I've noticed online they look a lot more like uh, a lot of the comments I see that I can put in that anti vaxxer bubble is more kind of looking at yes, like the sort of big actors, governments, uh, pharmaceutical industry even doctors and like more looking at like oh the British Medical Association like yeah. whenever they kind of post stuff out about you know vaccines about even about addressing this movement which they're only now doing yeah these people but yeah <laughs> um <laughs> they usually kind of see that as like okay cool that's just like this totalitarian yeah. regime yeah. that's against us and doesn't want us. Your kids yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. no 100%. um but yeah, so they just it's, again they're just gonna read it the same way. It's like oh, okay, you don't want to tell us the risks. Okay, so we don't want it. Man. It's that simple. Yeah, we don't want it. Yeah. It's crazy to me because it's like again, it's not. I'm not sure if they plan to do this, um, or if you know if, if it's been discussed. But considering that the law hasn't changed, it is still voluntary. Mm -hmm. To then say the solution is to just censor again censor the risks. Yeah, yeah. censor the risks. Yeah. Uh, it's to not is to push that information. Like you know how Facebook was doing yeah. <laughs> with the elections. Yo, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, I think um, it just shows you how these health uh, professionals are disconnected from the people, mm. and these people are more likely or more inclined to take information from the anti-vaccinists because, again, how how do you think that saying things like censoring information about alleged risks is going to look like? to the wider the average yeah. normal citizen yeah. even reading this article like i'm not an anti-vaxxer but i'm looking at the word censor and i'm it's already like i don't like it but why? You know? it's like why why the information should always be freely what provided. are you hiding exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what you think you think why what, what they're hiding? hiding and i can understand why they would think that i think um 
Although I guess with the the mistrust of health professionals, I was more touching on something else mm. um, <laughs> about you know, legitimate experiences yeah. with health professionals. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a story for another day. <laughs> Black um, <laughs> um, but I think again, it's it's kind of it's, it does kind of overlap a bit in terms of you're gonna obviously mistrust the people who you know are shouting this information at you. Like shouting the benefits, but not, but essentially being quiet on on the potential drawbacks. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem right to me. Again, you're not making an informed decision if you don't have all the facts. So yeah, no, he clearly mm. doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Steve, sorry. we get your act together. All your credentials. <laughs> I want them. Okay. Um. Well, that's the end of our commentary episode, guys. Thank you so much, Yasmin, for coming on today Thank you, and spitting bars. <laughs> but um, no. It's the um, mic. It's do, the mic. Do, do, do you have anything to shout out? Have you got a social page or mixtape? Where Guys, I'm an egg. I told you this already. I'm an egg. Let me be oh, egg. Yeah. And the masters is kind of like swallowing our time, so there's actually yeah, yeah, no yeah. time to be doing baby girl, baby boy. No, no, hundred percent, no. Yeah, I, but I mean, my voice is distinguishable, so if you catch me on road, <laughs> I'll say hi. Um, yeah. So yeah. that is it. So next week we're going to be looking at policy and vaccinations. And we're also going to have one episode where we're going to speak to a health professional to discuss the issues and a follow-up commentary, just like we've done with this. And this one, so yeah. See you then. Yes, bye. Wonderful. Bye.